Hi, this is Gillian Gotzel, world diplomat of Lieberland, and you're listening to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. The best thing for you to do is continue to, you know, take small action. Everyone hears these stories of, you know, people doing extraordinary things, and it's really just small steps taken every single day over long periods of time and before you know you have an avalanche behind you. And when you have that avalanche behind you, you're really, you're really getting down the hill. And that is way easier to implement than a kind of one-off story that Brian and I got really lucky. This is Dream Chasers, episode 69, with Ian Tudor. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Adam Carswell, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we interview individuals with supernatural amounts of potential based on early success in their careers. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I'm joined by Ian Tudor. Ian is the co-founder of Archimedes Group. He's originally from Massachusetts, but moved from Massachusetts to his hometown now, Charlotte, when he was five. Ian went to Virginia Tech University in Blacksburg, Virginia. And as I mentioned, he now lives in beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina. Ian, thank you for being on the show today. And do you have any opening remarks for my listeners? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. I've engaged with you quite a bit on LinkedIn. And uh, thank you for uh, for, inviting me. I think for the, I'm excited to speak to your listeners and hopefully give them a little nugget of value or maybe more than one to help them maybe take action or or consider something in a different light that allows them to allow their life to be better. Absolutely. And guys, as Ian just mentioned, we first connected on LinkedIn and we're part of the commercial real estate challenge together. Uh, so I think that's really when we first started to get a feel for each other, Ian, I think I had maybe seen some of your videos or some of your, uh, we mentioned offline earlier, your podcast that you do with your, your partner, something that something content related that you have been creating leading up to us finally engaging. And so, um, I guess, yeah. Could you just tell us a little bit about the content side of of what you guys are, are doing at Archimedes group? Absolutely. So we found in the past, I'd say the past like six months to year, uh, there's a mentor who told me to never go public, which was kind of interesting. He said, you know, stay, stay, stay in your own lane, be, be relatively quiet. Uh, don't, don't make a lot of noise. And we, we, we practiced that for a while. And then we, we found that reaching out to others and networking was just a skill set that we had. So in the start of 2019, I started posting more frequently on LinkedIn in just to just value post. I'm not looking to monetize anything. At least I have nothing to offer right now. And just kind of share a perspective of the mobile home park industry that I felt wasn't being shared. And and Ryan was, I got to give him credit. He was well before me. So he has a podcast called Mobile Home Parks in Real Life. And that was just, he felt the whole story of mobile home parks wasn't being told from the operator's perspective. And there's a lot of things left out and it kind of painted a really rosy picture. So we just wanted to say, you know, from our perspective, what people are saying about this industry, still a great industry, but uh, just keep in mind, there's other things to consider if you're going to put a a large amount of your money at at risk for this park or this opportunity, uh, keep these things in mind. And so with that said, that was kind of our thesis for getting started in content. And through that, we've made amazing relationships and started many things that I think will prosper in the future. It's not a get rich quick scheme. There's no, there's no, I don't think like immediate payoff 
in the long term, I think if you play long term with your relationships, it's going to be a winner. Absolutely. And, and I just realized a couple of things that we left out here. Uh, and one is I think, Ian, I gravitated towards you as well because I noticed you graduated in, in 2012. I graduated in 2013. So we're right there in the same demographic. But then the other thing is uh, for our listeners, I, I realized I didn't go into detail on it. Can you share a little bit about what Archimedes Group is and how long you guys have been operating? Sure. So Archimedes Group is a private investment firm, and we focus specifically on mobile home parks in the Southeast. In general, we're looking for parks between 30 and 100 lots. We have partnered with operators and done parks of 500 lots. So we've done small and large, large parks, but mostly, for the most part, we're focused on value-add opportunities. We are looking in large MSAs kind of um, within, I'd say, from Virginia down to northern Florida over to Tennessee. Perfect. And um, I know a significant amount of my listeners are uh, familiar with commercial real estate, investing in different asset classes, and, and how, honestly, I'm sure you've seen this too, how mobile home parks have gained a lot of interest even within the past year or two. But for my other listeners out there that are like, wait, this is a guy who buys mobile home parks? Like, is there any money in that? <laughs> um, which obviously we know there is. <laughs> Could you please share a little bit uh, just about why this is such an attractive business to be in? Absolutely. There is a lot of misnomers about mobile home parks. And I think the one big thing to keep in line with mobile home parks is there's two different business models within it. And we start there. One, you the tenant owns the home and you just rent the lot to them. And then the second is you own the home and you rent it to them. So it's kind of like a horizontal apartment complex. The attractive form of mobile home parks, at least the strategy that we go after is where the tenant owns their home and rents the lot from us. And then they pay us lot rent. So we don't get calls for toilets. We don't get calls for leaky ceilings. Essentially, they own all the repair and maintenance. What we have to take care of is the infrastructure going up to the home, the roads, the trees, you know, the electrical panels going up into the home, but they are responsible for everything else. So in theory, it's a low operating expense business uh, with, with few headaches and it's, you consider like an operational parking lot. And then the other side of the business is you have more of a horizontal apartment complex. Um, I guess the beautiful thing about mobile home parks or the reason why a lot of people have been going after it is it's been highly fragmented. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of mom and pop owners. Therefore, a lot of sophisticated investors are just investors in general have seen an opportunity to buy up opportunities, merge management and get some scale and efficiency on the operation side. Another component to keep in mind is not many mobile home parks are built. There's more mobile home parks that are destroyed every year than they are developed. Usually that has to do with just negative stigma of counties not wanting those to go on their counties in general just don't want them developed because if you think about it from their perspective, their the, the taxable value of land isn't really that high mm -hmm. relative to if they had a apartment complex. Uh, so those are some of the benefits as well. And usually in the past, uh, the returns were, were definitely a little bit, a little bit higher than, than normal, uh, than other forms of real estate. So you have lower turnover 
you have a fragmented ownership base and there's not new ones being developed. So those are kind of the main benefits of mobile home parks. There's several others, but I think that's probably a good primer. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that primer. That, that was good. And it is, uh, it's now time in to step into the next level chamber. When did you realize that Archimedes Group was something that you wanted to take to the next level? Yeah. So I was working a job in Orlando, Florida uh, with a institutional company that was purchasing a class A office buildings across the Southeast. And during that job, that was a fantastic experience where I learned how to value real estate. But throughout that whole time, I wanted to always find another source of income. I didn't want to be dependent on one, one income source. So I was looking to source deals on the side. And through my investigation of looking at single family homes, at fix and flips, at various amounts of real estate opportunities, what I found was uh, mobile home parks was really interesting. So that was around in 2014. Um, And then in 2015, I met up with my business partner, reconnected with him from childhood, and we decided to run off with that business. It took us 13 months before we closed our first deal. So, uh, you know, these these things don't happen overnight. And that was us building a database, a private a proprietary database with VAs um, that we mined all this information uh, and then cold calling and mailing and all these things for 13 months before we came through an op- opportunity. Um, and then after that point, my the company I was working for was going through a merger. And at that point in time, the job that I was at in Orlando was going to vary quite drastically from what I was doing. So I felt like it was worth the time to give myself a shot. So I moved back to Charlotte into my, into my, into Ryan's childhood bedroom at his, at his parents' house and lived in their house for 10 months before we actually made anything uh, come of that. So it was a, it was a pretty big leap of faith that I took, I guess, in 2016. Yeah. Big leap of faith. Uh, lots of courage, just from what it sounds like. Lots of bootstrapping too, which is always always great to hear because you know you got to kind of earn your stripes put that work in in those first few days and and come come out on the the side that you're hoping for but you used a key word there a couple times and I want to just get your take on this because oftentimes you'll hear people say for example don't do business with your friends some people will advise to do business with your friends you said childhood friend and so explain that relationship that you have with uh, with Ryan and how you guys have been able to, it sounds like, maintain friendship and build this pretty remarkable business. Absolutely. It's actually an interesting, interesting story. So I was very close with his younger brother growing up. We actually met in karate in sixth grade or something along those lines. And Ryan was actually relatively friendly with my older brother. So when we were, Ryan and I were first growing up, I wasn't as friendly with his, him as I am now. However, as we grew up and developed and matured, we found we had a lot of things in common, a lot of things in interest. So well, I was living in Orlando at the time, and he had an internship in Miami. So we connected on several occasions over that summer, and we just naturally found that we had a lot of complementing skills and a lot of similar interests. So Ryan pitched in July of 2015 that we, maybe we should consider going into business with one another. For advice of if it makes sense for other people to do, I would say we got extremely lucky. You know, Ryan and I friendship has strengthened remarkably more because we're in business together and we talk every day 
and have to think through issues together than if we were just normal friends. So business partners is a really difficult thing. I, I don't know if there's one way of going about it. I would say the more you put yourself out there, the more people you come across and I just don't rush the process. Ryan and I had many years of getting to know each other before we realized that it, was, it made sense for us to pursue a relationship in business. And, and it's been one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I wish I had like the, you know, these are the five steps to find a great business partner. But <laughs> I honestly, I honestly think a lot of luck came involved in this. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like luck, um, you know, being at the right place at the right time, you know, you guys took advantage of the fact that you were both in Florida and met up. And so I guess if there was any advice you could give, it sounds like, you know, just be aware of your surroundings and, and reach out to the people that you have already built up a relationship with. Yeah. I, I, my best thing that I found in life was you never know when that next thing is going to come through. So it's easy to get discouraged early on in the process. The best thing for you to do is continue to, you know, take small action. Everyone hears these stories of, you know, people doing extraordinary things. And it's really just small steps taken every single day over long periods of time. And before you know, you have an avalanche behind you. And when you have that avalanche behind you, you're really, you're really getting down the hill. And that is way easier to implement than, you know, a kind of one-off story that Brian and I got really lucky, right? So my, my biggest advice would be, as you said, continue to reach out to people, continue to put yourself in situations that allow luck to kind of come your way. Because luck really hits the person who's just watching Netflix every night, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, no, no, like no mobile home park owner is calling someone who just watches Netflix every day and goes drinks beers with their friends every night. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm just right, saying, right, yeah. you know, you got to put yourself in the situation to allow, you know, opportunities to come your way. So it's a little bit, it's, it's really hard to, you know, pinpoint what that actually is, but, you know, give yourself the best shot of success. Mm -hmm. And and one thing that just came to mind too, speaking of opportunities, I know, again, we talked about this before the call and I'm sure our listeners today here, they could hear a little bit of background noise or probably like, oh, you know, maybe Ian's driving, which is the case. So I just want to give you a chance to, you know, share some love about what mission you're on right now. Currently, it sounds like you're about to go have some time with the family and uh, see your, your little niece there, right? Yeah, I apologize if that's that <laughs> noise here. No, no, here no. Than it adds flavor. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, that's poor planning on my part to answer your question. One of the beautiful things that real estate does allow is time freedom in a way that you don't have with other, other jobs. So for example, I just came back from New York. I lived in New York for two months because I wanted to see how New York was. Hmm. And I'm 29 years old and very few people at 29 or, you know, I just told my business partner, he said, yeah, sure. I mean, I was still working every day, but I, I, I can kind of work where I want to. And it, it just opens up the doors to live the life a little bit more of how you please and not have to answer to anyone in particular. And to, to answer your question, I am going to see my niece in Charleston. Um, and that's where my, my family's at. And thought Thursday was a good day to go. And that's the, that's the, <laughs> only, thing I, that's the only reason why I didn't have to tell anyone. I just, I just jumped in the car and, uh, let my family know that I was going to be there relatively soon. Yeah, so real estate's great, great in that regard. And I'm guessing it sounds like you have experienced that quite as much while uh, with the life that you're currently about to embark on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We uh, we share some similar energy there for sure. I think 
for me, it's been a great journey being able to do. So everything that I do on a daily basis right now is the exact same thing I was doing for, say, for example, six months ago, based out of Silicon Valley. Being able to create this lifestyle for yourself is definitely something special. And it's really good to hear that you at age 29, I'm 28, that we're both doing it. I think that sets a great example for anyone, kids younger than us or adults older than us. And it really just comes down to figuring out what you want and going after it, right? It sounds cliche, but you know, you get that vision and don't let go. A hundred percent. Reverse engineer what you want in life. You know, my life might not make, might not be appealing to you, but there is an appealing form of life if you're dissatisfied. Figure out what that is. Talk to a bunch of people. See if they actually like the life that they have or the life that you think you want. And then you can work towards it. I mean, four years ago, I was working in a corporate job. It was a great corporate job. I had a great experience. I had a lot of autonomy. Literally, from a job standpoint, it was really good. But for whatever reason, I just wanted something a little bit differently. I, we started to make small steps towards that. And now we're at a point where we're almost getting to the point where we don't have to work for anyone probably for the next 10, 15 years just because we have systems and cash flow in place that allows us to, to live that way. But the answer, I mean, you got to look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and decide what you really want. Yep. Yep. So if that's an inspiration out there for anyone listening today, if you haven't really seriously taken a hard look at yourself or just deep meditation, thought process, prayer about what it is that you want for yourself, you know, do it, go do it. But Ian, we've got three questions here for everyone to get to know you on a new level today. My first one, I'm going to give you the first two and then I want to save the, the third one, the best one for last. The first one is where is your favorite place to go for a hike? I don't know if you are an outdoorsy guy, but I know North Carolina is loaded with trails. So where's your favorite place to go for a hike? Um, and number two is what is your favorite condiment to put on a sandwich or whatever? <laughs> All right. I wasn't prepared for these questions, but I like <laughs> it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to roll with it. I'm not I, – I do I, – I occasionally go hiking. It's, I wouldn't say it's, it's a hobby of mine, but – one of the most beautiful hikes I've been on was when I was in when I was in uh, Colorado and I went to Rocky Mountain National Park with one of my friends. And mm-hmm. That was one of the most beautiful. That was the most beautiful probably national park that I've been to, um, and that was we spent like a half a day or more there, uh, mm-hmm. and that was just gorgeous scenery throughout. And um, I would say that was probably my favorite hike. I We've only done it once, but I would definitely go back there and do it again. For condiments, on a I'm a I'm a big fan of barbecue sauce though, and Chick Fil A sauce, man. They I don't know what they put <laughs> a sprinkle on that, but there's something about Chick Fil A sauce. Uh, I'm with I you <laughs> every day. Luckily, I don't need to. <laughs> but Chick Fil A sauce is one of those things that uh, it's hard to get enough of. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, me being in Canada right now, well, at least in the area, the province that I'm in, there's definitely no Chick-fil-A's around. So it's one thing that I'm thinking I got to make sure I get next time I make a trip back to the U S and then also, like I just mentioned the fact that I'm living in Canada right now, one of my favorite, and this is definitely a show that either you think the humor is hilarious or you think it's the stupidest thing ever, but I love the show trailer park boys. It cracks me up. And I am less than an hour flight away or maybe an hour and a half flight away from where they film the show trailer park boys. So that leads me to this question right. for you here, Ian is uh, what is the craziest thing you've ever seen at a property? 
Oh my goodness. That <laughs> is, that is a really good, I mean, we have a lot of really funny stories uh, just of, of crazy residents. I'd say the most, uh, one of my favorite, this is, you know, we could have probably a 30 minute episode just on tenant stories in our past three years. One of my favorite was there was a tenant who we had, a, so we, we partnered with an operator in 2017 on a 500 watt asset. Wow. We lived, we lived, we lived in the community in a double wide on blow up mattress for about 14 months. Ryan and I switched off every week just to kind of learn the business. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, a really good opportunity for us because one, it helped us learn the business, but two, it gave us more stories than we know what to do with. <laughs> and when there was one, there's one, so part of this mobile home park, we had RV pads, which are, you know, the, the motorized homes, like the big rigs and stuff like mm-hmm. that, that come in and people travel. There's one lady who came in and she, she didn't quite pass the background check because her income level wasn't enough. So her father, Ryan said, okay, yeah, let's give the, let's give this woman a chance. Her father will co-sign for her. She just needs a place to stay. She had a older RV. So Ryan said, okay, yeah, it's fine. Usually if they have a co-signer, we'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. So we, she, she was there, I don't know, maybe even not, maybe not even a month. We had another resident who started to notice some weird activity at, at her home. She was, he, he woke up really early in the morning and he's like, yeah, that, you know, these, these people, she's, she's having weird traffic around her house. And I said, okay, well, that's, that's of concern. We'll definitely have a conversation with her. This was a really good resident who said this, that there's a lot of rumors that go around uh, communities in general. And so Ryan reached out to her and he said, you know, just FYI, we've heard that there's been some um, just unique activity at your house. Just let you know that we're, we're just monitoring the situation. Just be, just be aware. Anyways, the, you know, it was a couple of days and we got another call from him. And he's like, listen, I'm not trying to be a pest, but there's someone who's bringing a briefcase in and out of this trailer, like constantly. He <laughs> said, all right, well, this, this is, these signs are not pointing towards a good situation. And our, our neighbor, our, our, our maintenance man lived right, literally right next door to her. He said one day he came home and he saw some people that looked like zombies, like just walking around the backyard of their house, like just zonked out. He said, all right, this is a little bizarre. And he came out and they just started running into the woods. And we said, all right, this is, um, I think it's time that we, we, we need to intervene. So I went over there with uh, a, a cop who lived in the community and I knocked on our door and he was there with me. Usually we did that in situations that could maybe turn, mm-hmm. turn the wrong way. And she, she, had a, she had a pale face, like her face was just like pale as a ghost. And then there's this guy who just like, crawled up uh, underneath the trailer and he was like there as well. And we're like, who is this? Like, you're not allowed to have, you you know, we got to screen everyone who's coming in. We're like, listen, there's a lot of issues going on at this park. We need, we need you to kind of get on and leave. But she had like scabs all over her face and she was kind of twitching. And it's just all the signs were pointing towards, you know, that she was on some methamphetamine. Mm -hmm. David, who was our maintenance man at the time, one night, he said he heard some noises, like 3 a.m. He looked outside and he didn't know, he was like, what's going on outside? And it was pouring down rain outside. And one of the residents, or I guess her and her friends, it was 3 a.m., they were all dancing high as a kite on top of her RV, dancing and just dancing in the rain, enjoy, enjoying their, uh, 
fun little getaway. So that was so it. I've always, I've always enjoyed, I've always enjoyed, uh, you know, just thinking whenever I'm having a bad day, just thinking, you know, sometimes you just got to dance in the rain and uh, these, <laughs> these people have burnt a memory in my, in my, in my brain. And that's, that's one of, one of many uh, just crazy stories where, you know, one guy was, was a felon who assaulted a cop and like five years ago and we're like sorry we you know we just don't allow violent criminals to come into the community and like within a certain amount of time and he's like oh okay no worries i'm just gonna go down to the county and get it deleted and we're like oh that's how it works you know you get a <laughs> felony you just, you just delete it at will <laughs> so i mean what did, the, the, the list goes on and on we've had yeah just yeah you get some interesting crazy. stuff right <laughs> Crazy That's, scenarios. I mean, there's some amazing people and then some worse uh, people, but in general, people are relatively good. Yeah. Well, I like, I, I do like the dancing in the rain story. I think next time I get a big thunderstorm, I might just, just say, you know what? Sometimes you just got to dance in the rain. I might go do it. <laughs> you, you know, you, sometimes you just got to live, I guess. <laughs> but Ian, thank you again for investing your time with us today. What's the best way my listeners can reach out to you and, and get in touch if they have any questions about you and your business? As we mentioned early on in this, I guess, podcast was I'm relatively active on LinkedIn. So I post several times a week and post videos of mobile home parks and what we're kind of working on and tips that we've learned through our experience. So that's probably the easiest place to um, contact me or, you know, you can reach out via our website and I can give you that information. If, I, don't, I don't know if you're post where, you, where you're posting this, but mm-hmm. I can give you that and they can reach out to the contact tab uh, through that as well. So those are kind of the two spots that I'm probably most active. Perfect. Yep. Uh, the, uh, your website will be in the show notes as well as your LinkedIn link. So guys go ahead and connect with Ian and Ian, thank you once again for coming on the show. Really enjoyed having you today. Absolutely. Thanks for the invite and yeah, please don't hesitate to reach out. You got it. Guys, thank you for tuning in to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. We will catch you in the next episode. Remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level.